Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And I. Hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Dai. What's up? You know, just (laughs) same thing. Same thing. Life. Life, capital L. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've been sitting here just jamming and talking about yeah. stuff that we cut out of the show yeah i just came back from another con another show she's yes. just living the the, the secret dream. con life yeah the secret not con even life. secret but it's <laughs> it's a it's a it's definitely a life that i am so grateful to like get a glimpse of through through die still cannot wait to bring you to a show (laughs) because we were supposed to take you to los angeles comic con and then i ended up not being here to even go okay and that's why we ultimately didn't get to go together but one day unless i can sneak you into comic con in san diego my friend my friend told my friend asked me he was just because he's he's really big into comics and Mm -hmm. also um my friend brandon i told you about him as well Mm -hmm. He was just like, dude, if you go to Comic Con, I'm down. And I'm like, well, oh my gosh. we'll see what happens because like, obviously we know that it's <laughs> it's coming back. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. speaking of that, yeah. I mean Hall, I mean Hall H, Hall Marvel H at Hall back. H is yep. coming back. They're coming back. They're gonna bring some news, some footage, some people. I'm sure. Now I have to figure out how to sneak in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, ah, I guess I could. But wait I, I was just like, <laughs> when we when I think about Hall H and the whole that the, like that special presentation that you see that obviously people on the internet yeah the public doesn't see until maybe a week or two way later yeah i'll never forget when the first footage like trailer teaser teaser trailer of mm-hmm. infinity war oh my gosh came and out and that's when it got like video was yeah like <laughs> i remember like tilted sc- scouring everything yes and i <laughs> and i downloaded it yeah just to be like i just want to have it yeah and then i've watched it i watched it so many times after that yeah. just because i was like wow like right this movie is going to be insane and then trying to get the screen grab yeah like, people oh, want to gotta be the first you know you know yeah so the, yeah this will be the first 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 one really back and so jeff and i were talking about this in text the other day but we have our predictions of what they could possibly be bringing and i think oh, I we I think we agreed that it was like gonna be ant-man ant-man yeah maybe some black panther maybe black pa- oh yeah black panther yeah for sure and then i would my last bet was more or less guardians i think guardians oh for sure guardians because that's the that's Christmas special sure yeah and, i mean everything and the film yeah. yeah and then maybe yeah maybe the more of the disney plus series because and maybe loki season two because i think that loki just started two, filming yeah and then i am groot who is animated, officially animated, yeah yeah <laughs> i was speaking of i went to the grocery store because coming back from the show i was like oh i have no food i have zero <laughs> food i was like ah because i do this thing where like before a trip i'm like i gotta finish everything i gotta yeah. finish everything god knows when i'll be back and let alone you know and so i went to the store and i just saw this giant baby groot staring at me i was like oh, what are what what is this for and i walked up to it and it was like the pistachio company oh wow and i was like huh i don't get it oh my god it's good and then like they're having like a giveaway and stuff and i was like is oh this gosh. for guardians but then i realized oh, it's for i am groot love that so he's all over there go find a baby groot at your local grocery store <laughs> did i p- buy pistachios yes 100 oh. percent. he is not even on the packaging i was like baby groot maybe buy these <laughs> <laughs> so i have some pistachio if you want some pistachios noted i have some um but yeah so back from a big show heroes con yeah. Thanks to thanks to Tyler and the A Wave Blue World crew for uh, having me out there to help at the booth. Um, saw my Cadence comic art friends as well. Um, always a good show. 
Um, some not so fun news. Oh no! <laughs> One of my favorite comic book creators oh, passed yes. away a couple of weeks ago. So sad news for the the comic industry and and life as we know it. Um, creator Tim Sale, big name that we've talked about a few times on this show, um, passed away earlier this month. Um, he's he, Tim was well known for uh, contributions to both Marvel and DC. DC including Batman: The Long Halloween, which we're very familiar with because uh, you know. That especially the more modern films as well as the Batman have been based on on Tim's work and oh, wow. his take on the, the, the Caped Crusader. Um, and, you know, for his work on uh, the Marvel Color series, uh, you know, Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, Captain America White. We've talked about all of these. Um, and, you know, he, it, of course, in, if you ever saw Heroes, um, Tim's work was was very well documented in that through another character on the show do you did you watch Heroes? oh yeah i'm gonna say do you remember the guy that. that did the paintings of the future yes isaac oh mendez yeah. that was tim sale's work oh my tim god sale did the artwork that, that yeah. isaac loved that did. show yeah and so it, you know not to stray too much but um when they released a comic book version of heroes that they would give away at comic con mm. tim always did the covers for those too that's and awesome so i have all of those yeah. in my collection <laughs> um but yeah so sadly he passed away and so um he'll be missed and but thankfully his work and his his uh effect on the comic community will live on um so as we just streamline into the rest of the show i guess yeah um it is it is gonna be kind of a long one this is this is a big guy so we are gonna power show. through it but yeah I mean, it's gonna be a good one <laughs> it's gonna be hopefully so yeah. yeah um that said reminder we are not experts and we don't claim to be we're just a couple of nerds nerding out um and in this episode we're gonna be nerding out over one of the original mcu avengers the one and only bruce banner the Hulk. The big guy. The big guy. So many names for this guy. Um, do you have a Hulk voice? Oh, man. You do so many impersonations. I feel like this has to be <laughs> one of them. <laughs> yell into the mic. <laughs> okay, too much to ask. Too much to ask. We'll get there. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. There it is. <laughs> Jeffrey Smash. Uh, <laughs> like, if you could only see the face that he was actually making while doing this this is the best so bad <laughs> oh, so good we've got we've got time we've got time and so um you know like many of these classic characters you know you're uh, we're going back to you know because i i feel like the characters that we have you know covered lately have been more quote-unquote modern characters and so we've heard quite a few new new names when it comes to character creators, but we're taking it back with this one, um, created by Stan the Man Lee and Jack King Kirby. Um, the Hulk and Bruce Banner's first appearance was in The Incredible Hulk number one, cover dated May 1962. And so I am going to show you. Are you going to make me guess how oh, much? Oh, yeah. You a, know I'm going to make A graded? Sure. Yeah. So here is the cover in that classic goodness that is oh yeah i've seen i think i've seen covers. this before whopping 12 cents at the time of oh, its release what a dream what a dream and so yes g would you like to make a prediction of how this much is this the first is? appearance first appearance of of hulk as well as bruce banner 1960 1962 what's the grade are you asking me i'm asking you like what, what, what do you think the ballpark of a let's see well i do have the grade of what's of, the highest grade okay the highest grade i found was an 8.5 okay so how much do you think an 8.5 which would be i think it's a very good it's still pretty solid and it's yeah the and if if like the reputation of the incredible hulk now yeah it's pretty pretty big mm -hmm. and, and the character has been around at least in in visual like tv media mm -hmm. since was that the 90s with Lou Ferrigno? Oh, God. Sorry. My age is, my age is showing. <laughs> yes, it oh, is. Oh, it was 80s. Oh, my God. No. Oh, Jeff. Let, okay. me, let me scroll down to my Sorry. notes here. Look, oh, shoot. Look, you're, I didn't go deep into... You're a baby. <laughs> you're such a baby. It debuted in 1977. Okay, okay, sick. <laughs> I, thank God it was like... It was just the previous decade or whatever. When I was your age. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> um, 8.5 graded. I want to go. I kind of want to say five figures. Five? 
Don't do that. You do this all the time. <laughs> you do this every, t- every time. And of course, what makes this it worse is, is the I, look I give him. The this, look. Is, this is why I second guess everything in my life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like what? Like if I ever go to therapy, <laughs> my therapist was like, why do you think you second guess yourself all the time? Look, Doc, let me tell you. <laughs> my, my co-host, every time I would answer a question... She would just repeat my answer in the most questionable way. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I would answer. I'd be like, "Oh, maybe like with confidence. Maybe maybe I think it's like I think it's I think the the answer is A, like A." And she'll be like, "A," <laughs> and I'll be like, "Oh my God, I don't know." What they- Sorry. <laughs> Oh my gosh. My bad. I know I just need to like cover my face and shield myself and just be like two hundred and seventy-five thousand then. That's actually not that bad. Oh, okay. That is not a bad guess. So <laughs> it's hilarious. So, okay, here we go. So, okay. An eight point five. And now we we typically say C C G C. Uh-huh. This iteration it is an eight point five C B C S. So that is is strangely on eBay, and I say strangely because typically books of this caliber, yeah, featuring this big of a character, usually do not go online. Like you don't just buy it; you don't go add to cart. I'm gonna pay in sixty two payments. It doesn't go that way. Okay, it has to be authenticated, like the the Captain America issue that we yeah. talked about a few times, right? Like it's supposed to go to a proper auction and auction house. You have to go in person. You have to sign the check right there. Jeez, but shockingly someone or or this establishment is selling an 8.5 on ebay for three hundred fourteen thousand dollars is there any bids i didn't check that but it also has or better offer wow so you could say i'll pay you two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for this book only i I really just want to meet someone (laughs) who can write that check right and they and they want it yeah i just want to see you write the numbers like that's insane that's that's wild yeah yeah or just charge it charge it on my card or they just pull out fat stacks here you go i'll be like on your car what's your limit god (laughs) exactly yeah so um that's on ebay right now or, or at least it was it's crazy um and there's a 5.5 CGC going for $100,000. So again, that's three points and also a different grading service. And so very quickly, I wanted to discuss CBCS versus CGC. And so I own all CGCs. Um, there are two different, if not, I think three um, grading systems. And so um, I feel personally, at least, CGC is more widely known and it stands for Certified Guarantee Company. And then CBCS stands for Comic Book Certification Services. Um, I feel like it kind of goes either way. You see them at shows, at conventions and stuff, and they both have booths. They both have people doing the witnessing. Um, And CBCS boasts a better experience, a better claims experience. So, like, I guess the process of authenticating the comics and, and the grade and the signatures is apparently more streamlined. I don't personally know. I've never done the grading myself. I, I always have books that have already gone through that process. Got it. Um, but, I mean, so that's apparently it. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a CBCS. You could get it for $314,000 if you so choose. Oh my gosh. And then um, at the lowest grade, at least available on eBay, there's a 6.0, and that's going for 6100 So 2.5 difference gigantic difference in in value oh uh, yeah uh, yeah so um so that's that's the comic if you want the comic um do i dare ask what your first exposure to the hulk was oh it's definitely um i think the eric banna hulk really yeah Why finally not? something where it's like oh yeah it's not just the mcu <laughs> yeah. introduced me no oh, interesting. definitely the eric banna hulk i think and that came out in 2000 and I want to say three. Oh my god! Am I right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Yeah. And how old were you when that came out? I was so I was nine years old. A wee baby. See, this is the this is the interesting comparison I like to make now, knowing that information. So you were that age when you first discovered the Hulk, and I was that age when I first discovered the X Men. Wow. Yeah. 
That's that's crazy. Right. You put it in that kind of perspective. Yeah. It's like, huh, oh, interesting. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, obviously I can't really, I can't remember much like during that part of my, I mean, I can, but it's like, it's obviously when you're younger, it's like, it's spurts, it's, you know, it's, you know, and I do remember going to the movies a lot Yeah. during like uh, that time. So it was, whatever, it was a comic book movie or wow. just, I'm just in movies in general. I'm like, cause my cousin would always take me. So mm-hmm. Yeah, The Incredible Hulk was one of those comic book movies at a time where comic book characters were kind of like, why would you make a comic book movie? Because right. obviously Wolverine, mm-hmm. or X-Men that just came out. Yeah. Um, it was 2003, so Spider-Man was mm-hmm. was humongous. Mm-hmm. And then and The Incredible Hulk came out with Eric Bana. Yeah. And so like that was like a new thing too, since like you have this big, humongous like character. How do you make that look in, in a real world live action, you know, place and mm-hmm. so yeah so the eric banna's hulk was my first wow. introduction to to the incredible hulk <laughs> That's yeah <so> crazy <laughs> and, and it's funny that you mentioned the film because i don't remember very distinctly the first time i saw the film but i did go to the premiere because oh. it was at universal city walk when they still had that they had this giant protruding hulk coming out of what is now the AMC Theater. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they I remember had that. this giant Hulk and it was Eric Bana's Hulk. And so they had the premiere there. It was kind of interesting because it was just like two long rows of metal bars and like mm-hmm. they barricades and they had the yes. fans like just line up. Um and I have like a picture with Allison Hannigan. Oh my gosh, she, she I was love there. her. Yeah, she was there. Like a bunch of random, like you know, like you know how it is. They have all these celebrities come through or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, that that I remember being there that day, and I have like back in the day when I used to collect the scores on CDs. So I have, I think the booklet signed by either Ang Lee and or Eric Bana somewhere oh wow yeah I forgot he directed that yes, one yes he did and so of course we'll talk about this a little more uh, in a bit but my first exposure to hulk as a character again is kind of like one of those things where he was always there so it it's likely that it was probably from spider-man and that it was one of those versus cards or versus comic where he fought the hulk and i was like oh it's the big green guy and that's how i kind of knew him and then just you know, it just continued to flow with the Avengers. Sure, onward. yeah. Because he was always there. Like, and he had a cartoon yeah. as well back in yeah. the day. Um, and of course, <laughs> you know, it might even be even further in that I remember childhood pictures of my my siblings, and I think it was at Universal Studios or some theme park or something, and they were kids, and there used to be this Lou Ferrigno like mm. backdrop and you put your you know you, the cut the oh are yeah cut out. yeah <laughs> and they had their faces in the little holes of the wall and i don't know it's weird but i remember that too and that's like one of the first memories i have of hulk because it was oh, he was green dude yeah that's crazy yeah i do remember being going universe all the time and seeing some form of like marvel marvel yeah there yeah and we're going to actually talk about all of that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is one of those rare moments where, like, the legalities are quite different. Oh. Than... 100% different. And it's yeah. so weird. It's so bizarre. But, yeah, we'll get into that yeah. for sure. And so, uh, uh, just before we started recording, I pulled out all my car- my cards. She has so many. Dude, I think... It's a lot. <laughs> he, might, he might be the one that I have the most of, shockingly enough, right? Like, wow. I don't remember... I mean, maybe Spider-Man had this many, but this is I don't legitimately... Even know. That's a that's a pretty hefty stack. And I I have considered pulling out like iter- other iterations uh-huh. of him, right? Because I have a ton of the Hulk 2099, but uh. these are just Bruce Banner. So I have oh, like eight wow. of Bruce Banner Hulk alone, and then those on top of it. And then on top of that, Hulk 2099. So... You can obviously tell from from just these cards, he's very prominent. Yeah. They never fail to put him in a set. Look, I even have one of Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) (laughs) And that's from that. That's from, I don't know where I got that from, actually. But um, yeah, Hulk is one of those characters that they just don't overlook whatsoever. He is going to be in a set. No fail. No iterations. Just just Bruce Banner. So I'm going to choose... One at random and read the back here. We get, it's been a while since we've gotten to do this because most of the characters we've covered lately, like Moon Knight, Winter Soldier, Elena Belova, like they don't, uh, 
They don't have cards. So, or at least physical cards. So let's give this uh, 1992 Marvel Masterpieces by Joe Jusko a, uh, a whirl. So, when brilliant scientist Bruce Banner was accidentally caught in an experimental gamma bomb's explosion, the unleashed radiation transformed him into an emerald-skinned behemoth of awesome strength, the Incredible Hulk. Since then, he's gone through several distinct changes in mind and body, including being a childlike brute and a vicious mobster. But most recently, the Hulk united his separate personalities into one cohesive whole, leaving him with both intellect and the raw power to right injustices wherever he finds them. Pretty simple, oh, straight yeah. to the point. Does the mob thing ring a bell to you at all? Do you have any idea what that might be about? I feel like in passing, <laughs> I've like maybe probably heard something. Maybe I feel like I know exactly where it is, but we are going to talk about it. So we'll when we crush that bridge, we'll talk about it. Um. So yeah, Doctor Bruce Banner. Uh, I feel like I just want to say this before we really get into the the nitty gritty details of this character. He's Correct me if I'm wrong, but he is kind of like the Spider-Man type, right? You don't necessarily recall if you've even seen or heard of his origin, but somehow everyone seems to know radioactive gamma yeah. turns into a green big guy when he's angry. Gamma gamma radiation, right. keyword, and you don't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Um, so Bruce Banner himself was a theoretical physicist famed for his work in nuclear physics and gamma radiation. Um, so early in his career, Banner was recruited by the U.S. Army and a name that we're going to say very often throughout this episode. Um, he was recruited by the Army under General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross to develop mm. the first gamma bomb for the United States. Of course. Of course, as one does. <laughs> oh, what is it? Is that all, it? All, what, what, did, what did Cap say? All wars start mm-hmm. when someone before... Oh my God, I'm going to botch it and it's going to bother me. But <laughs> he says it to Tony in yeah. Age of Ultron. Like yeah. All wars start when you try to when you try to prevent them like from happening or type of oh, thing. Interesting. Like you're talking yeah. about the Ultron program. Right, right, right. And um, But yeah, yeah, continue. No, it's very true. And then that stands true with this character and his origins. Um, and so... So, are you familiar with the actual details of, of of his origin, and but or what or better yet, do you remember the origin that they actually adapted into the Hulk film? Do you remember at From all? From the very first yeah, one, yeah. And I rewatched it last night. Oh, I, until I fell asleep because I definitely fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I know, tired. The one, the one scene that stuck yeah. out to me, I remember, like when I first watched it, was when he, he like he grabs a tank, yeah, and just <laughs> like. <laughs> curls it and yeah. throws it yeah, and yeah, i was yeah. like oh that's cool yeah but in that one i mean yeah. i just think of i think just like an experiment gone wrong right type of thing. yeah and it's it's very similar in the books you know like in in recollection i was like oh you know i don't i didn't quite remember exactly how it went down in the film until i rewatched it and i was like okay now I remember because in the books um what happened was that you know they were testing they were doing testing at this facility that's in the, de- in the desert. Um, and Bruce is basically watching as it's all counting down. Mm-hmm. So upon the countdown release, the gamma radiation was going to spread across the area and what have you. And so um, Bruce quite literally had like binoculars or something and he was watching the field. And this stupid kid, a teenager, drives on in. <laughs> you know exactly. <laughs> Jeff's making this face like, like really? an early 2000s like movie trope. Exactly. It's one of those tropes. I and love it. Yeah, and this <laughs> this kid drives in on his convertible. He's like doing donuts in the dust and he stops and parks his car and Bruce quite literally like being the only one that actually gives a damn about another person runs out to the field and he's like, "What are you doing here? This is an active site. You have to get out of the field. There's about to be an ira- a radiation spread." And the kid's like, "Get out of here, grandpa." Like, <laughs> he's like ah. he's all leaned back in his convertible and he's <laughs> like, "Oh, my friends like bet me that I didn't have like the chops to like drive sure, out here." Of course. You know, that kind of nonsense. And so Banner like did his best to get the kid up and out and he just didn't do it. So inevitably what happens is that he he safely gets him into a covered space a trench or something 
but then that's when he himself gets uh gets exposed to the radiation Mm -hmm. so that's the moment of exposure and the kid's name is rick jones and we've mentioned Rick Jones in previous episodes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, but in his adult form, this is when he was much younger. And so, um, so Rick Jones is unaffected, but Bruce, oh, wow. Bruce, Bruce is, he's got this, he's imbued with this gamma radiation. To what degree, though, no one understood. And so he should have died. The point, and they say this in the film as well. It's like, he should have died. There's no one could have possibly survived that kind survived of that much gamma radiation exactly and so um you know it was enough to kill the doctor it didn't and instead bruce was quote-unquote fine yeah just fine he looked fine he his health was all normal everything was normal about this guy um until of course we we know what the inevitable happens <laughs> um uh you know anywhere you look when it comes to bruce banner he's considered a human mutate uh-huh. But not a mutant, so he doesn't quite fall under the category of of the X Men per se. Sure, but he's also not a human with super abilities. He's a mutate, so his DNA has been changed and toyed with. Um, and he, you know, as far as physical characteristics go, he's often portrayed physically weak, uh, socially withdrawn, emotionally reserved, um, and. On Wikipedia, there's a great quote that describes him very well, so I've just put it in here, and that's, um, he's noted as hulking and muscular humanoid possessing a limitless degree of physical strength. And so that's when, when he's the Hulk, that's exactly the embodiment of it. It's a characteristic of DID in a way, where there are these two components of this one person that are so very different from one another that they're mm-hmm. almost like opposite sides of the spectrum yeah. so you have the very reserved dr banner on one and then you have the hulking muscular humanoid on the other of course which is the hulk and of course you know we'll we'll talk about hulk in a second um but but like our friend moon knight bruce banner does does suffer from disassociative identity disorder formerly known as multiple personality disorder um which we'll get into uh shortly but before we go into the hulk because it is quite quite a hefty task Mm -hmm. um let's let's jump back into the film and cinematic versions because we do have quite a few which is at least three three at least three three and a half depending if you want to touch on television which is very similar to spidey actually um, and so the very first Eric, uh, the very first Eric Banner, the very <laughs> first, <laughs> the one and only Eric Banner, um, the first Bruce Banner was portrayed by Eric Banner, as we've spoken, um, and young version as a child by Mike Irwin in the 2003 Hulk film directed by Ang Lee. And then came the Incredible Hulk in 2008, um, portrayed by uh, Edward Norton, voiced by Lou Ferrigno. Huh. And then uh, that film was directed by Louis Letier. Um, and then came Mark Ruffalo in the prime MCU, debuting in The Avengers in 2012, directed by Joss Whedon. Ah, holy smokes. So that's a lot to unpack. It is a lot. Did you watch The Incredible Hulk? Oh, yeah. Wait I don't remember. Yeah. When. Oh, okay. I mean, 2008. I mean, yeah, yeah, It's not that long ago, but it's also, yeah. It was tragically long ago at the <laughs> same time. Um, but, I mean, I just remember, like, you know, those stories you hear about. Like, that was supposed to, that's technically the start right. of the MCU. Right, exactly. Um, but not really. But um, I don't remember it too much. But, I mean, I knew also at the time getting Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. Like, was a big deal. As in, as getting him as a lead in a in a comic book movie, yeah. Oh, that's a huge deal, right? Yeah, and apparently, um, Mark was requested by, I believe, the director when that movie was was coming together. Oh. But the studio was like, "No, you need a bigger name than Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Get you some Edward Norton," and that's how that happened. Wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, interesting. Very interesting. I mean, well, fun fact is that Edward Norton is actually one of my favorite male actors. And so when that came about, I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. Like, yeah, like I liked Eric Ben. I did. I liked that film a lot. Um, you know, contrary to popular, you know, preference. But 
I loved Edward Norton so much, and I was like, oh, this is so cool that he gets to be the Hulk now. And, oh, cool, he's in the same thing as you just said. Like, oh, he's going to be a superhero movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, But I don't remember The Incredible Hulk as well. And I was going to watch it last night as well, but I, I didn't see it on Disney+. Plus. It's not on Disney+. Plus. It's not on Disney+. I don't know Plus, where huh? it's on. And it's not on Amazon. Well, at least it's not on Amazon for free. Yeah, yeah. I um, don't think it's on anything free. Yeah, it's got to be paid or rented, huh? Yeah. Dang. Universal, man. Man. Nope. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Of the three, do you have a preference? Like, is this a dumb question? I is mean, it totally Mark I Ruffalo? Think it is, I think it is rhetorical <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But... You know, I'm sure there, you'll meet some people who are probably like, oh, well, I like this one. And, it's like, mm-hmm. and that's totally, and that's a totally fair point, yeah. whoever you like. Yeah. I think it's just, yeah, like you said, this is a character like Spider-Man where mm-hmm. we've gotten three different mm-hmm. like versions on the big screen. Yeah. I'm not counting, you know, like Lou Ferrigno, sorry. Yeah. It's a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But like you said, it's, he's an iconic character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love... Mark Ruffalo mm. as Bruce Banner and the Incredible Hulk. I mm-hmm. like the journey that, mm-hmm. you know, he's been able to flesh out over the course of these many movies because he can't legally have a <laughs> solo movie, which exactly. we'll probably get into later. Yep. <laughs> um, so, but I see all the the different, you know, takes on like the, the, the story arc of this, of this MCU Hulk. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's all, you know, Everyone has their, their opinion and everything. I get it. Right. But I think Mark Ruffalo is killing it and it looks like he l- enjoys playing him. Yeah, I agree. So you can't, you can't ask more. <laughs> uh, you can't ask for more out of an actor. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, we had a listener question from Instagram from Ariel Tima um, who asked, you know, who is your favorite Hulk, Mark, Eric, Edward, or Lou? She can't blue. Nice. Sorry. <laughs> to which um, another Instagram uh, follower, Crystal Moba, said, Eric forever. Ooh. And again, fair enough. Like, this is this I mean, is yeah. quite... It's like me with Toby. Exactly. Toby it's quite forever. similar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which, happy birthday, Toby. Oh, yeah. Um, quite similarly in that there are three main actors for this, this role. And also, they're three very well done portrayals for this character i agree yes so to each their own i wouldn't i wouldn't judge at all i did again i loved edward because he was also a favorite character uh actor but i felt like even characteristically as er as i said it i was gonna say as eric (laughs) banner (laughs) as bruce banner um his bruce really resonated strong with me as far as his comic book counterpart is concerned I feel like Eric Bana was very nuanced toward Hulk. He was like Hulk leaning where he mm. made that transition very believable. But I feel like as just simply Bruce Banner that er, Edward Norton really nailed it. Oh, okay. And it's similar situation with like Toby versus Andrew. Right. And I had this discussion with somebody over the weekend, actually, it was kind of like, ah, Toby McGuire is like great Peter Parker, but like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is like, Whoa, next level, right? Man. And then like Tom Holland, he's marrying both of the characteristics together. And, yeah, it's and kind of the same journey. It's that, kind of the same with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, and so we also asked folks on Instagram for their favorite between Eric and Edward in particular. Did you see the, the results of this? I didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't see didn't. it. Okay. So with 86% of the votes, Edward Norton takes the game takes the game leaving eric banna with 14 percent um but thankfully no one voted that they that they hadn't seen the films so our listeners have at least watched both of the films and have a comparison yeah that's so great i I do think eric banna's hulk is underrated though i do too i will say that yeah and i feel like and we're going to talk about this once we get into the visual effects a little bit but honestly like when i put it on last night i was like Oh no no! This film is actually quite good. What'd you watch it on? Where's it on? It's on Amazon, but with uh with commercials, so you can watch it for free on Prime. Uh-huh. But it, they're gonna throw in some advertising every now and then. Universal I man. Know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come I can't on. wait till they get to the part until we talk about what Universal's doing to this <laughs> <Exactly>. character. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so I was rewatching it, and you know, it goes without saying that Jennifer Connelly 
perhaps my number one oh all-time my God. favorite yes. actress. Perhaps. I forgot. My gosh, like I don't know her nearly as in-depth as I know Angeline Jolie, for instance. Angeline Jolie, she was my heart and soul yeah. and still is for oh yeah. You know, throughout my teenhood upward. But there is something about Jennifer Connolly that I don't know what it, but she is just captivating, no matter what. Uh-oh. And she, you believe the characters that she portrays. She had a she had a chokehold on the industry at some point for sure. For yeah. sure. And so, um, she of course plays Betty Ross, who is the daughter of Thunderbolt, and uh, and also you know Bruce Banner's love interest. And so, with her in that film, in that role, I think also strengthened that film overall because, again, she's just so believable and so such a great actress that it made the story about a romance between a doctor who turns into a giant green monster <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a, like a Harvard University-level like educator, like very believable. Not that she worked at Harvard, but you get me. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I just I, I think it is very un- uh, underrated, you know, at least when it comes to the human asp- aspects to it. And even the Hulk, I think, you know, people are like, oh, it looks quite silly and and whatnot. But I thought it was pretty good for the time. Yeah, like, I, I it's think not so. that's what bad. I remember too. I'm like, oh wow, like this is. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, it's you know, it's animated or whatever. Yeah. It, but it's like like for what it. Look for what it is mm-hmm. at the time, 2003. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Come on. And so, speaking of Universal, <laughs> I knew this was going to come up, so I prepared a, a great discussion for us here. Um, a hit piece. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, the studio and the theme park rights. Um, so, much like the Sony Spider Man deal, Universal has a similar agreement with the likes of Marvel Studios. And so when it comes to the Hulk and when it comes to Bruce Banner and their peripheral characters, Universal still owns the distribution rights to the character's cinematic features, and they have to write off on any Hulk project outside of multi-character projects produced by Marvel who own the production rights. So... (laughs) As long as Marvel doesn't release a solo film or try to release... Because you said keyword cinematic piece. Exactly. Yes. As long as they don't... As long as Marvel doesn't try to release a Hulk film, they're good. They're fine. He can be in anything. Without their permission. Without their permission and without their consent, without the reviewing... So long as he's not the headlining character in that piece. So funny. It's so crazy, right? And then... um, So TV shows are fair game. Fair game. (laughs) Because he's not... He's still not... It's It's it's, not cinematic. It's not... Yeah. For instance, it's She-Hulk. It's (sighs) not Hulk. It's She-Hulk. And they don't have rights to She-Hulk. They don't own the rights for She-Hulk herself. So <laughs> they know they know what they're doing. Like Marvel know. knows what they're doing how to get around that loophole. Hundred percent. So we have David Maisel to think that Hulk is in the MCU at all. And so uh, Maisel was a former Marvel Studios executive. Um, he played the key role in jumpstarting the MCU to begin with. Subsequently, proposing that Marvel Studios make the second Hulk film, right, Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, and pay Universal to distribute it. And so. That's how that film ties wow. into the MCU is because of this deal. Oh, wow. So thank you, David Maisel, because without David Maisel, we wouldn't have Mark Ruffalo at all, let alone the Hulk in all of these films that come to play yeah. since then. Now, granted, of course, the, the Edward Norton versus Marvel Studios thing is another situation entirely. He sure. It really was creative differences. He didn't want to... <laughs> I looked this up just for confirmation. So he really... The reason why he did not sustain the role is because, yes, creative differences was one. Because he is a big comic book fan. He did really want this character to go places. And so I think when they started to approach him about, hey, we have this idea to form the Avengers and all these whatever, you know, these concepts that they had, he didn't necessarily agree with them. So that was like, okay, well, that's unfortunate. But two, did my man did not want to be in more than X amount of films. That's what I thought. Yeah. Right. He did not want to sign that, that contract. Time, yeah. All they, all, 
Mar- Marvel Studios at the time had to kind of lock you in into yep. those long extended exactly. contracts. Which which they don't do anymore. Which they yeah. don't do anymore. Yeah. But at the time they kind of had to, I think in in part of just like, I don't, how do I describe this? Like, I feel like it was necessary. Like it sucks to commit to something that long term. Yeah. But I felt at the time it was so necessary Three because, deal. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it was so necessary just because they wanted to build this story up to the Avengers, right? And so it's like, okay, well, if it goes horribly, mm-hmm. you're still in it and yeah. we can still make it work. But yeah. on the flip side, mm-hmm. if it's widely successful, yep. you can still get, you can still, you're, you're still going to be able to you're do more yeah. and extend that story. Exactly. And unfortunately for Marvel Studios, yeah. it worked. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, like you said, they don't yeah. do that anymore yeah. because that's just like so yeah. taboo. Like, right. why would you? No, there's yeah. no point in doing that yeah. anymore. Right. <laughs> do you want to even guess what the third reason was? Which is oh like my God. an I, unfortunate reason. <laughs> I want to assume it's like a co-star thing. Nope. Oh, uh, really? He, Edward Norton, thought that Marvel Studios couldn't afford him. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, this was 2000... <laughs> 2008 eight so they were just they were just getting i mean they were things. still they were still technically a startup studio right. like who would just like exactly you know and so it was it was kind of that situation where he was in this place where okay well here's this film they're gonna redo this is it gonna be successful well then also i get it too because because now he he's not gonna get he can't get that top of the bill money since he's never he can't have a yeah. a solo film in, right. the, in the mcu right so now it's like well mm-hmm. you're just gonna make these like elongated yeah. appearances yeah. and so it's like well we can't pay you like the 20 mil we right. can maybe give you a five ten yeah which is like okay first of all i would have taken who <laughs> would complain like yeah but um <laughs> but i mean i get it because of the stature of edward norton yeah. at the time yep and his previous work yeah yep. i get it but oh how mm-hmm. the turntables <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so um so that's kind of like more or less what the what the, the film standing is and so this this agreement bleeds into the land of not disney and by that i mean theme parks so there's this thing in universal studios orlando called marvel superhero island i have not been to this place shockingly same enough. <laughs> i haven't been to florida <laughs> you know, you've never been to florida wow i don't think so that's a shocker you should go sometime just not now yeah. <laughs> it's interesting no, but yeah, i haven't been to the theme parks there at all Florida's yeah. interesting yeah and so i i went to the theme parks in general i went to disney world for the very first time like many 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 years ago but i was there again recently for MegaCon orlando and uh, but I still have not gone to this part of Universal Studios. So Universal Studios Hollywood actually had their version of this at the time, um, and we're talking 1999, maybe 2000, up to 2004 ish, um, maybe five. And so um, they essentially have the rights to Marvel characters in theme parks, is what it gets down to. And so while. In Orlando, the area opened in 1999, a full decade before Disney acquired the rights to Marvel. Um, The theme park agreements were signed in 1994, predating Marvel's bankruptcy, which occurred on December 27, 1996. Wow. Right. And that was when we, little me, was like, Dad, you should buy some Marvel stock. They went bankrupt. And he was like, $35 a share. Nah, that's not going to go anywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> my dad. Wow. He, he would always bring it up, too. Like, when, when things started getting crazy, inflation and the recession and stuff, and he just he would just sit there and he'd be like, you know, Di, <laughs> I remember when you told me when you were 12 years old. Oh, or th- 14 years old. Ah, I should have bought that Marvel stock. We could have been millionaires. I was like, even yeah, if he Dad. bought like, a, <laughs> even if he bought like a hundred dollars worth of stock. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, ah. So that's one of those dates that you don't forget, right? And so the rights agreement itself, um, 
MCA. MCA is the company that, I guess, I don't know what you want to call it, facilitates the, the workings of Universal Studios, the yes. theme parks. Okay. So MC, the, the rights agreement itself stated, MCA will construct a complex, a, c- complex, a complex of attractions, stores, and food venues heavily themed around the Marvel properties. And so... That agreement statement alone remains in perpetuity. So in good faith. Or oh in, my God. I just found out what in perpetuity means yes. like the other day. Yeah. And it's the biggest scam in the world. It's tremendous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that is the state of the union. So, AKA indefinitely, unless Universal either decides to close the Marvel Universe area, stop paying for property usage, or... Marvel opts out of the contract, providing that it needs a reasonable explanation that Universal is mishandling the usage of their property. So these are the only stipulations in which that stops. (laughs) So it's kind of, right? So it's kind of like, okay, Universal has to either fold or they go, you know what? This area, we need to revamp it. We need to make it Transformers. We need to make it whatever they have their property. Sure. Right? And they decide to get rid of it. Sure, whatever. Or Marvel invests millions of dollars trying to prove that they're mishandling yeah, the characters. That's uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Marvel would think it's worth I, it to do, to do no, the latter. I don't think so either. Because also, I mean, you know, if nothing more, I do know that the island features a very specific date, date of the characters. So they're very 1990s mm. looking it's sure. like like the X-Men characters are all from 1992. Uh, Hulk just is very generic. He's just a comic book version. Same with Spider-Man. There's no date necessarily like it would be like MCU or like the, they don't take any specific portrayals from Yeah, it's just how universe. it looks in the comics. Exactly. It's how it is. Exactly right. And so I could see like <laughs> the gains because Universal's like, cool, we get to cash in on that. And then Marvel's like, well, they're not cool like the new ones. Yeah. So it's like, no problem. If people are going to, like, especially if you go now and people say, like, oh, there's a Marvel island at, uh, at Universal, in, yeah. at Universal mm-hmm. Orlando. And oh, let's go there. And then you go there, it's like nothing right. like the MCU that you were expecting. You're like, exactly. who's this guy? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, fun facts. The, the the superhero island features four rides focused on the Hulk, Spider-Man, Doctor Doom, and Storm. Um, and believe it or not, it was originally DC-inspired by Tim Burton, but ultimately dismissed due to a similar but separate slew of rights issues concerning Warner Brothers. I feel like I'm like transported back to like... <laughs> The early 2000s or the right. 90s right now, just mm-hmm. here. Because I'm imagining it because I know, ex- I've never been there, but I can imagine like what it looks like. It yeah. reminds me of like when I like went to the yep. the theme parks as a kid. It's exactly when there what was you're nothing, thinking. There was no real theme. It was like whatever it, yeah. it's presented in the comics. It's, it's in how it's presented in, like in the parks. fonts and colors. Yeah, and just, super, just super vibrant, super bright. Dots. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly crazy. It's just super. It looks super dated, but I don't want to. I don't want to use dated in a disrespectful way. But right. it's just it's retro. Yeah, but it's, it's just retro. sometimes with theme parks, it happens all the time. You have to. You have to just keep up with the times. Exactly. So it's just that simple, really. <laughs> so, with all that under our belt, <laughs> let's finally get into the entity that is known as the Hulk. So, when it comes to this cover, I'm going to show you this cover again, Jeff. And so when it comes to this cover, what is something that you notice right off the bat? He looks like Frankenstein. Well, that's definitely a good one. Not necessarily <laughs> what I was going for, but uh, that's great because... Well, he's gray? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. actually it. Yeah, that he's gray. And so, I mean, you kind of nailed it right there. So when this character first came to be, Stanley and Jack Kirby alike originally imagined the behemoth that is known as the Hulk to be gray, inspired by Frankenstein... And also Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, I see it, yeah. Yeah, and so um, the lack of coloration itself, you know, this is also an attribute of like, you know, four-color print press back in the day. They only had those certain colors. Sure. And so 
maybe even if they had perceived him to be green from the get-go, it was kind of like, a, oh, well, how are we going to get that kind of green It's a It's a printed. pretty vibrant It's very green. private, yeah. And so, the you know, the lack of coloration then became uh, sort of an intended asset or aspect of the character as to not be evocative of any of any one ethnic group. Yeah. So Hulk could Hulk could be anybody, anyone from any walk of life. But, you know, ultimately by the end of issue two, so this gray Hulk <laughs> survived wow. all of one issue before being updated to full on green like we know him, um, citing that this reaction was a mutation of the gamma radiation. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, ah, oh, the Hulk is out. He's been born and he's birthed and he's taking over Bruce Banner. And then by issue two, it's it's already, you know, it's escalated in that, oh, he's turning greener. And so if you look at the issue itself, um, like in the first issue, he's, you know, he does the thing where he just rips his clothes and he's, ah, oh, he's big yeah. and he's gray. But in the second issue, when he starts going through the transformation, the first time around, he's he's kind of gray with a little, like, very light gr- green tones. Mm-hmm. And then by the second transformation later in the issue, he's full on, you see it more heavily. Like, they're taking the broader strokes with the green. Mm. And he full on goes from Bruce Banner to green. And that's it. And then he's green until now yeah. <laughs> until the now times so yeah the rest is history that's how it kind of goes with with the hulk and and at least in his origins um and so the the mcu side you know the the mcu version of the character was undoubtedly modified you know the origin was modified to to fit the overarching story so um in the well i guess quote-unquote mcu Banner tested and recreated the version of the super soldier serum on himself, um, attempting to replicate the same results of Project Rebirth from World War II. So, you know, like, by this point, they're they're trying to introduce, okay, this is how Captain... Like, all the origin stories, you know that how that goes. And so, like, very much like a few characters in, in, in the MCU periphery, once again, this character is being impacted by others storylines so that they kind of all intersect in this way mm-hmm. and so um you know of course bruce banner goes through through a similar situation in that instead of the vita rays and instead of these the serum you know uh instead with gamma radiation and so that's how we got the hulk in the mcu um but you know when it comes to the character and and how they've kind of not substituted the lack of a proper film. I keep air quoting, <laughs> like FYI, I keep air quoting because yeah, it is such a, it is such a complex sort of origin story. You know, not like Spider Man where they were kind of able to start fresh, right? Like they were like, here's the kid, his uncle died, and then he's already Spider Man. So yes, here we go. Sure. Hulk was more complex because they did have the Edward Norton film. I think if they didn't have that film. They would have had to go back and had to really be like, okay, 